0: Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Feeding Curiosity. As always, you're joined by me, Eric Wenzel, your host. And on today's episode, we went over the controversial show, Euphoria. And first things first, we did say we were going to cover the Batman, but we wound up having too much to say in this conversation. So we split it up into two episodes. So there's about an hour of each. All right. And now some quick backstory on the show or premise of Euphoria and Euphoria is a really, to me, interesting story. It mostly circles around the story of a 17-year-old girl named Brew and her basically experience of high school as she has just come out of rehab. And very quickly, she has relapsed and not told anybody. And from there, it really expires into stories about all of the different characters and, like, who they are and the different experiences they've had that then inform the decisions they make. We try to tackle all of the different themes that we really liked, the different episodes we liked, and the either technical aspects about it, but also what were the themes the characters were going through that helped us inform something about ourselves as humans on this planet. Because I think a lot of these stories, even though they are blown up to 11, if you just take it at face value, high schoolers, We're going to crazy parties, having, you know, all these drugs and sex. But that is not to say that you cannot find value in these stories or shouldn't say they are not valuable in any sense. The last thing we'll say is we do kind of talk about this stuff. So this will be an explicit episode for those. And we are also going to spoil things. So if you don't want to be spoiled or if you haven't caught up to the end of season two, please proceed at your own risk. We really don't talk about too many plot point stuff. We, we do just glaze over things and we bounce around a lot. So there is that warning. But in all, I hope you all enjoy this. And I'll just kind of leave this as a question before I pass it off to the actual conversation. Which is, if, when it comes to stories like this that deal with children or minors that are very mature and the things that are going on are very mature, what do you say about having art such as this because i personally think that the the point of stories like this is to force us to think in a in a way that it doesn't actually have to happen to real people and the only way we can get through hard and complex things such as this is by making dangerous art and I think that's all we can hope for. And then the discussions that we have, such as this one, after the fact, is what provides us a way for us to find a better way forward. And with that, everyone, I will pass it off to the conversation with Jordan Chris, and I hope you all enjoy bam back on the podcast we're gonna call this like a deep dive episode but it's like a two-for-one deal <laughs>
1: <laughs> definitely
0: so i mean we talked about we we're gonna do something with euphoria so that's what we're gonna do for the first part of this because i think we're far enough out that spoilers are kind of whatever at this point
1: yeah <laughs> <laughs> like if you
0: you haven't spoiled it at this point for yourself then you watch it and then be spoiled or whatever
1: yeah um we'll, we'll put a the, disclaimer be all yeah right.
0: <laughs> and then the second half we're going to talk about the matt reeves batman film yep, that yep. just went out well it's like two weeks now so technically past the spoiler area but mm-hmm. we'll we'll try to make it as spoiler free as possible so with that let's just kick it off with euphoria because i think this is kind of one of those shows that you really put me onto, and i had no expectation going into it and then was happily blown away by it <laughs>
1: right <laughs> that's some of the best times to like get into something <laughs> when you're like eh, let me just watch it and open-minded you know
0: yeah that was like uh, game of thrones for me i i didn't know anything about it and then season three had come out in like dvd and i was like you know what i think i'll watch it I, I only bought like season one and then all of a sudden i was like oh my god <laughs> And then it like hook, line, and singer because I binged watch three seasons over like <laughs> two weeks.
1: Yeah, Game of Thrones for me was the opposite because you were one of the people who said it's really good. And I borrowed your the DVD. Set oh, you did? I it. forgot. Yeah, yeah. About that. <laughs> um, so I was like, this is going to be amazing. And the first episode, I was like, uh, I don't know if I'm into that. Then I was like, let me just keep watching. And then I think by like the third episode, I was like, oh, this is tight. Yeah. <laughs> I, was like, this is dope. I, I
0: would say it's a slow burn. It's like the first episode kind of hits you with like, wait, what? And then it totally takes off after that.
1: Yeah, it's that happens a lot with shows and euphoria, <laughs> euphoria, especially, but it's a little more jarring, but um, they kind of you got to buy into the world a little bit. So like yeah, it, it's that kind of you don't know what to expect because you haven't seen it. The characters are writing like you got to get acclimated to it. Yeah. Um, where Euphoria starts off and it's like, oh, shit. It kind of tells
0: you about the main character, Rue, who is played by Zendaya. To me, like this entire time when I would watch it, because I basically watched it with like three weeks remaining. Uh, like I basically finished season two with like maybe a one or two week delay. Mm. Um, and so like it, season one was really fresh for me when for most people, it wasn't very fresh at that point. Right. Um but I always kind of got the sense that Zendaya's character, it, they were trying to paint the story that her something happened in her childhood where she had like ADD or something, and then they gave her, I think, Valium or okay. something like that. Um, that basically made her sit still and pay attention, but she kind of does her monologue in the beginning of that first episode saying, yeah, after that, middle school was kind of a blur, and I don't remember much of anything, and I'm like, huh. To me, it like, felt like this story of this character who became a drug addict, but it was also because you know, we use these drugs because it's like sit down, and shut up, and pay attention,
1: right? To, yeah. to,
0: to make you fit into society,
1: right? And she was like predisposed to like what would later kind of go to ruin her life. You know what I mean? Like something that was intended to help her ended up exactly. being like the crux of her whole the, the catalyst, you
0: know? I guess. <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah, and that's correct. I, I forgot that because, like you said, it's been. I don't remember what year season one came out, but it's been a little bit since I watched it. It's been a it, while. You know I mean? Probably nineteen, twenty um, nineteen,
0: 2019, because it's two-year, typically delay between seasons, roughly. Yeah,
1: yeah, and that's accurate. And and so um, we'll get back to like the details in a second, but I remember <clears throat> when season one first came out, I didn't want to watch it. I was like, I, I watched the pilot, and I was like, this is too much for me. Mm. <laughs> I was like, this is too much. Um, And it was specifically the scene with Jules and Cal. Um, yeah. Was well, that episode one? I'm pretty sure that's episode one.
0: Yeah, no wonder. That. <laughs> that's a hell of a...
1: Yeah, I was just like, it was... Okay, so the first the first part is like, okay, these, these kids are in high school. And it was just very, like, sexual. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? And, like, graphically sexual. It wasn't like just they hinted. It was like, oh, no, we're going to show you. Oh, no, it's um, really
0: specific. And that's something that HBO doesn't shy away from at all.
1: Right, right. And, they're known for, and I guess I was naive to not think about that. But then also with like Zendaya as like the main character and like Drake produced it. So I was just Wait, like. I did not know that. That's wild. Yeah, yeah. His, uh, I don't know what the production company is called, but it's, it's his production company. They have this other show called Top Boy on Netflix. Um, but yeah, so I, when I like heard who's involved, I'm like, okay, it's probably like. I'm sure it'll be heavy, but it'll be, like, palatable. Yeah, manageable. (laughs) Yeah. Um, And I was just like, I I couldn't get over the fact that it was depicting high schoolers. Granted, the actors are older in real life. They're all in, like, mid-20s or something like that. Um, And showing them in that kind of light and as, like, sexualizing minors. And I was just like, I couldn't get past it. So it was interesting because then I was like, okay, let me just try it again and watch it for what it is and kind of let go of my own preconceived idea of what is comfortable or should be allowed on TV, right? And I'm glad I did. I'm glad I got over that.
0: See, that's a really interesting one because I wasn't even going into it worrying about that per se because maybe with people's, you know, like I was already predisposed that this was going to be something worth watching because of the, the layers of controversy or just the general buzz about the show so it was just like okay that's a lot but i kind of like took it in stride kind of or it's like don't overlay your own perception on the thing like like especially with these things that are like really controversial like this or easily controversial i should say it's i try to like not just look at it at face value but say okay so what is the story trying to confront me with you know, through the vehicle right. of these characters, right? And it's like, because you don't even know who Cal was at that point also. It's like exactly, the character yeah. of Cal doesn't unfold before you until like midway through the first season alone. Mm-hmm. And it's like, wait, what the heck? It's just like <laughs> a layer of...
1: <laughs> right? And and that's when it starts getting like, like the drama of it starts getting yeah. interesting and the narrative and like, you know, the suspense and that, you know, they, they don't shy away that it's like, it's fucked, like they know it's fucked up. They're not trying to hide that fact, right? Um, but yeah, I mean you were you I think people who kind of came in and started watching it at season two were might have been a little more like you know primed for what they're <laughs> gonna get into, you know what I mean? But like I I didn't know much, I had no idea what it was about. I was just like, it's called Euphoria. Yeah. The trailer looks like it's gonna be shot cool, Zendaya's yeah. in it, she's cool. All right, I'm in. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like that's all I, right. but I know. Thought also, I mean- too, like the name of the
0: show is really wonderfully done, but I think the it means something very small for most people right like euphoria i mean is is loosely correlated with drugs and partying or sex at that and i think they really expanded on that theme to encompass something that's way more broad or like human than just the drug aspect
1: right no, they really, I mean, it's a telling, it's a telling title um, and obviously deliberate, right? But I mean, it encompasses all those things. Like it, it's ironic almost because it's like everyone's supposed to, you know, it, it's titled euphoria and everyone does drugs and everyone's supposed to have this essence of euphoric behavior, right? You're in high school, mm-hmm. it's partying, it's fun and all this stuff. But it's like everyone <laughs> is dealing with such extreme trauma <laughs> in the oh show. God. Like every character, like nobody, I can't think of one character in that show that's just like kind of chilling. You know what I mean? Especially in season one. No. And I guess especially in season two. It's ironic, but it, it, I feel like that's why the title works so well. Because it's like, you're set up for this expectation that it's going to be... Euphoric?
0: Euphor-
1: <laughs> <laughs> euphoric. And it's like, this is not... I don't know if anyone's experiencing euphoria. And maybe, and this is just speculation, right? But maybe that's the point. Maybe it's like, really, what is euphoria? This like This never-ending chase for finding that feeling. And in Rue's case, you know, she's like, she has her own euphoria, but it's really just numbing, right? She's just numbing everything she's going through. And it makes sense because she's, you know, you know, she lost a father. And um, I think they get into this more in season two. If they do in season one, I don't remember, so I apologize. But in season two, they really get in the point where she's like, yeah, like, no one came and hugged me. And she just felt alone. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Except for her one friend. And then she, like, alienated that person. I forget the friend's name. Lexi? Oh, Lexi? Yeah. The one who did the play at the end yes. of season two. Yeah, Yeah, Lexi. I mean, it's it's kind of a perfect title for that reason, you know?
0: Oh, yeah. I, and I also think, too, like, having a character like Rue being the vehicle through which the audience sees every character is a really interesting idea because it's almost like you have a distrustful narrator, but you end up sympathizing with her. Because if can you imagine, like, the lens through which... She she's an addict, right? So her entire lens is going to be colored by the perception of the drug she's on, right? Mm-hmm. And you see her like blow up multiple times through people who actually look out for her, like uh, Fez or Fet. Fez, yeah. W- wound up being one of my favorite characters throughout the show (laughs) and like he's a drug dealer with a moral code but yet he's not afraid to go ham like (laughs) (laughs) right and that's
1: that's why he's so appealing right he's like the bad boy it's like a different take on a bad boy you know what i mean it's not like
0: yeah you could easily write him off as like the dumb character right like initially
1: yeah but he may be okay we just had this conversation but he maybe isn't intelligent but he's wise you know in that sense yeah there's something uh,
0: about his character that doesn't make sense to me that I find really compelling.
1: Right, right. And that's, I mean, he becomes so lovable, like, right after the season two, episode one. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't remember which episode it is, but in season one, when Nate kind of confronts him, or mm-hmm. he confronts Nate, actually, I, I believe. And he's like, hey, leave them alone. And Nate says something. He's kind of like, what are you going to do? Or whatever he says, I forgot exactly. And I feel like everyone watching that, because Nate's a terrible person, right? He sucks. Oh yeah, <laughs> like, he's just this I asshole, that just build like... up
0: his character to like to just be the, the villain.
1: Yeah, without oh, being sure. the villain. <laughs> for sure. I mean, he he's a villain. It, 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 you almost don't want him to be just because of what, like his internal struggle. Yeah, but the way he you know processing that, and then. Processing all of the stuff he's dealing with internally, and then how he's treating other people—it's like it gets to a point where it's unforgivable. So that's Nate, and then so you, everyone's rooting for Fez to just beat his ass in season one, and it doesn't happen. But then you know they give it to us first episode. <laughs> first they just go ham, <laughs> and it—I mean—it's so like like just nice to watch. Not nice, but maybe nice isn't the right word. Uh, it's like a just desserts thing, kind of. Yeah, yeah,
0: but it's like, it's also weird too because it's like. Uh, At one level, because it it doesn't make sense for Fez's character, at least at the buildup of that episode, because he's having like a totally normal conversation, and he's like, "Oh well, I guess I gotta go. See you later," and then he just starts going (laughs) off like
1: zero to hundred. That's what's dope. You show like the you show like the dynamics of his character, right? Like he's chill, he's wise, he was really connecting with this girl who. Seems like she's always on the outside, right? Like she's not a partier.
0: Right- like she's just a friend who's kind of there,
1: kind of cool. Right. Like she's the outcast. You know what I mean? In this mm-hmm. group of all these heinous people who are crazy partying, doing drugs, and having. She might be the most normal character of the group. She is. She definitely is. Which is perfect. Why she's the one to put on the play because she is the obs- she's the observer the whole time. Wow. Um. So it makes sense because she's the outcast. Her sister is just like. You know really attractive high schooler gets all the attention and then she's like just has to watch everything unfold like she's never she's never the the main character in the story mm-hmm. which is why it makes sense that she makes the play from her point of view and, and you then can she see
0: becomes how... the main character wow that's yeah. so weird
1: <laughs> right And that's why the play i think works so well because like if i mean like if rue put on the play it wouldn't feel it wouldn't like impact the way it did In terms of like as an audience member, like me and you watching that show. So seeing it from Lexi's point of view, you're kind of, it's kind of like what we're watching, a little bit blown up, but it's like, oh, we can relate with her because we're like, oh, we're watching the same thing and these motherfuckers are crazy. Like, you know, like, (laughs) (laughs) like, there's all this stuff going on. So then, you know, Fez comes in and he's saying all the right things and making her feel seen. And it's like, it's easy to relate to that because I feel like, people generally all have had moments where they feel kind of left out or like you know things like that so then having you know this invisible tough dude just say all the right things and really get you like oh man what a likable guy <laughs>
0: you know it's so cool one thing i will say too is like you i remember you saying uh in our previous podcast talking about or we just mentioned the show but not for any detail but you'd said like it's one of those things at the beginning of the episode it just kind of something you look forward to and i didn't know what you meant by that until i started watching and that be, the intros like those hard openers for every episode wound up becoming some of my favorite pieces of like short film work like i could just watch shorts of that kind of style of stuff all day
1: Dude. <laughs> like it was so well done every time every episode so this was one, like probably more than any other show that I've watched something that where every episode, I was more and more impressed. Like it just kept mm-hmm. building, but like one, the creativity and I wish I knew like the cinematographers and all that who like creatively shot this thing. Man, like every episode just built up and like shot everything and told the story in such a creative way. Mm-hmm. Um, Some of the camera moves
0: are incredible. Yeah. Like where they string these really long shots through. Like I remember the one of the scenes was during the carnival where they would have these long camera pans through, like, crowds and stuff. And it's like one can do a shot of these, pe- like, the main characters walking through the crowds and stuff. I'm like, how did they plan this stuff? Like, it's
1: hard to do. <laughs> it's hard. It's hard. They did the same thing at the uh, at the at one of the parties. I think in the first episode of the second season, I think at the party it was, like—
0: oh, Like, around the pool, at- I think?
1: Yeah, yeah, they made it seem like it's one take at the very least, but you know they Mm -hmm. like follow one character. You have this scene going on, and then someone walks by. They follow them, and it's like, oh, now you're looking at this, and it's just it uh, it helps the engagement than just like having like constant cuts. You know, Mm -hmm. makes you feel like you're at the party. (laughs) You know, immersion is incredible. I mean, it's a it it, getting into the controversy. I guess it's it's disappointing that, and I can say this because I was. I was in that crowd initially. Right. And the kind of like, it's too much. You shouldn't watch that. This shouldn't be on. I was, I was that person at one point. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's, it's, it's disappointing cause it's like, it's so much more than that. Right. Like if you can get past the, the triggering aspect or the how graphic it is and all that stuff and just appreciate it for the camera work and for how they're telling these stories and how they're having Lexi put on this, Crazy crescendo of a climax at the end of this show, the play, Mm -hmm. and you're just seeing that from her point of view, and it's like, oh, this character who's been kind of like the wallflower, and then she's telling the same thing we've already seen this, (laughs) like we've been watching this, we know, (laughs) you know what I mean? But they're telling it somehow feels unique and fresh at the same time, like wow, (laughs) right? It's just it's so dope, and like, and then seeing the actual cast members in the audience reacting to seeing themselves is fucking awesome <laughs> like the stress like with mm-hmm. that whole nate scene which was so absurd <laughs> just like that whole like i don't know what you call it but that like gay it's like a gay song they put on and Nate's just like fuming <laughs> the whole time that that scene i was the, like yo the, the
0: locker room one right where they're like yeah. they're like doing the musical rendition of the locker room.
1: <laughs> yeah. And I swear it went on for like almost 10 minutes. <laughs> it was like it was, it was the, so absurd. The best
0: part is that that's like what the crowd is probably like us, the viewers probably thinking about Nate. Right. And it's like, then, <laughs> then in the show, they're like giving you what you're thinking.
1: <laughs> right. And it's just dude. I oh, mean, it's great. It's just, I mean, it's, it's awesome. And, um, you texted this earlier today, but yep, there's a, there's a perfect line in the very last episode right um that i don't know this character's name she's more she's one of the side characters um, yeah she doesn't really
0: like, show up until like the end of that episode as she's like planning like she's planning the play
1: yeah i don't even know yeah. if they
0: mention her name all that maybe once or twice but i can't remember her name but she's really specific because like, she's hard to forget right right <laughs> she has a very
1: unique like high pitched voice <laughs> yes um but she says you know so the play is I think it's over or maybe it's like an intermission or something.
0: I think it's like uh, after the blow up where everyone's not sure if that was part of the
1: play or not. <laughs> right. That's what which that was insane. But like that kind of like meta. Yeah, like, super meta. <laughs> right. And like people are like, is this part of the play? <laughs> like, dude, and it's like, damn, that's crazy. I thought I was going to go like murderous crazy. I'm like, yo, Cassie's about to murder her. <laughs> you know what I mean, people are going to be like, is this is this the play? But that i mean that was intense but what this what this character says to lexi in the midst of all this chaos she you know lexi's worried like oh is it bad like people aren't gonna like it right and then the friend comes up and she basically says i don't want to butcher the quote okay so after we just looked up the quote thanks alex lexi's friend says to her right is art is supposed to be dangerous if it's not even if it's a disaster at least it's not boring and I'm like, yo, to deliver that in your final, your finale episode in the middle of a play that you're telling about the show that you're making, but then also addressing not like the critics in the actual, in the world of the show, but then addressing the critics about the show that you made, like that being Sam Levinson. uh, What the hell? That was dope. The mic drop of all mic drops for a season. Seriously. And I'm like, like, what a tactful way to respond to all the critics. Oh, yeah. Right? To me, it's just it's
0: one. It's incredible because it fits not only to the show like it didn't feel thrown on at all, but it also it, it kind of is like that's the point. Like I'm supposed to make people riled up and be emotional about this because now you're thinking about something that's really important. You know, like this entire thing is like, I mean, we haven't even touched on it because there's so much to talk about. But it's like, what is the theme of the show? And I mean, I think honestly, the the theme of the show is to encapsulate this. Idea of empathy or compassion for other people because no matter what people look like or behave like, there's some sort of skeleton that they're dealing with that's not even really their fault. You know, it's from a family member or a friend or some other circumstance that put them there, you know, exactly,
1: exactly. And I think, I mean, that's spot on because I think it 100% is about empathy and you know, looking at these people. Nobody's perfect in the show, everyone has. Something right, monumental flaws. Right, like and so, (laughs) and so, like you're not supposed to look at any of these characters and be like, "Oh, they're such a good person." There's really like, you know, they all have questionable things they're doing, right? From from Rue all the way to Jules, right? Um, And what what I think the show is is that like everyone has demons, everyone's going through something, especially in high school, right? Because everything's just even like for us. I know our high school wasn't like that. But but everyone like (laughs) the things we're going through are just it seems like the most important thing in the world because that's that's at that age that's what it is right like everything's the most important thing so you know we're looking at these people and saying like damn they have real flaws excuse me that we can all relate to and it's like they're not they aren't bad people they're just going through whatever they're going through and I think that's the point and they're showing it in such a graphic triggering unforgiving way that is going to ruffle feathers. But -hmm. like, that's the point, right? The point, if you can't play everything safe, right. And the idea here is you, you know, I'm going to go off a little bit, but like in, in art, you know, you have people who, you know, are artists that kind of stay in their lane, play the safe thing. They know like there's a proven trajectory of things that work. Like think of like pop music or something like that. Right. Um, like for example, you have Drake now. To me Drake is an amazing artist, right? A lot of people don't like him cuz they say like his, you know, style hasn't changed or for whatever reason, but that's part of it. But I'm like, well, he's a pop artist. He does what he does really well. But he does what he does. You know what yeah. I mean? Like you're gonna like you're gonna get Drake. On a Drake album, you're gonna get you're gonna you know what you're yeah. getting into, right? It's not gonna be like groundbreaking music necessarily, for better or worse. And that's fine that can be its own thing but then you have these extremely experimental people like um just top of the head is like kanye west not the person that, but the artist
0: that's, that's who exactly i was gonna think <laughs> Right. right
1: like not and you know the person persona or whatever aside but just the music each time he drops an album it's usually so different than the last one right he's he, always pushing the envelope of what's art and sometimes it doesn't hit. Like people look at some of his albums and say that was so stupid, that was crazy. Why did he do that? And it's like, okay, but that that's the point. He's pushing the envelope. The point, it doesn't always work, but at least it got you thinking like, what the hell am I listening to? You know what I mean? And I think that's the power of art because you can have both and they can both work. But if you're really trying to get a point across or or articulate like these hard topics, you're gonna ruffle feathers or you should ruffle feathers, make people uncomfortable because that's right. that's life.
0: And I mean, even if you just look at it from the story perspective, not from a music perspective at least, but at least in Euphoria, a lot of the characters are making decisions that real people confront. But if they did the quote-unquote right thing to do, that the audience member is like, please don't do that. Like, don't do the drugs again, Rue. Like, Like, you're rooting for them not to make a mistake. But then they make the mistake and you're like, fuck. You know what I mean? But that's like part of it because they're dealing with repercussions of you know something real and it's almost like you can watch a fictional character go through these things but then it gives you a blueprint of like what it's like to live that life in in some sense like it's not super real but even um Rue's sponsor i forget his name he's like an awesome actor i thought the scenes that he was in were really good and like he does a a masterful job of dealing like putting up with her shit <laughs> right. throughout the show, and then that like the very uh, like right before everything goes to hell, which we'll talk about that episode mm-hmm. because I think it's one of the most insane insane show ep- episodes ever written or produced. Yeah. <laughs> like I don't know how to describe beyond that, but um, I'm I'm tangenting. <clears throat> but this is the episode where she gets a whole bunch of money. And she's like, he's like, what's in the, ba- what's like, what's in the suitcase? And she's like, oh, nothing, uh, uh, like totally dodging it. And he knows, like, he's like, you're, bu- you're so full of bullshit. <laughs> and so she blows up on him and he's like, you ever do that to me ever again, I'm done with you, you know? And you feel every second of that, you know? And it's like, you, you, all of us know those kinds of like, have at least some family member or some friend who's dealt with something like that and know that feeling of being so
1: done with someone because they don't want to help themselves. What I liked about their dynamic is like, he is what Rue, he's like a possible um, reality of like Rue's future. And Mm -hmm. that might not make sense, but like Rue can become him. If she does the right things, she will become like that person that he was to her. And then she can do the same thing for someone else going through whatever they're going through. Because even he has, trauma and he made super big mistakes i forget exactly what it was but I think... I think he
0: did cocaine or something like that if i remember correctly
1: it was cocaine oh, that... but I, I think he like hit his kid or something like that I oh forgot. really okay i must yeah have missed that. it was in the uh well you might not have seen it unless you watched the, the specials i don't know if you Oh, watched okay those. like the post
0: the post episode stuff i watched yeah. a couple of those but i didn't get through all of them yet
1: oh no no i'm sorry not those there was um like two special episodes that came out in between season one and season two. Oh really i yeah. didn't know that there's um there's one of that's about Rue, and it's literally an episode with Rue, and then that character we, we forget his name, but that character they're just having a conversation in a diner, and he explains oh, wow. like what his what he's went through, and I I don't remember, but I, I put, it's something to do with his kids, like he can't see his kids anymore because he did something, wow. Um and so that's what he's referring to when he says like you don't get to use what I told you against me, mm-hmm. um, you know what I mean? So that's what he's referring to, and he has his own trauma, you know what I mean? And that's exactly where Rue is. Like she's having her own trauma or whatever that is. And it stems from something, right? Like her father passing and then being prescribed these drugs, but then going, you know, Further. trying to <laughs> numb everything. And she's numbing mm-hmm. to the point where she like, doesn't, she she doesn't feel anything. Like she doesn't even feel like sex doesn't even mean anything to her, right? And it it's sad to see, but then it's like, at what point do you let this person lash out? And like we see in that episode with, with her mom and her sister, and like the thing she says to Jules, it's like fuck, man. Like she's hurt. She's so hurt that she's able to say that kind of stuff to the people she cares about the most. Yep. Um,
0: it's that. I mean, that episode was so intense. Like I felt like I was watching almost like a documentary, with how, <laughs> with how like intense that episode was. Like, yeah. Like, there's there's very few moments where you see the character and the actor di- or the actor disappear into the character. Yeah. And I felt like that episode. Not only did Zendaya disappear in the but I thought the her mother and her sister also disappeared. Yeah. You know? Because everything felt so raw and just like I don't know. It it was just it's just crazy. Because like I, I just feel like most of us know what it's like or know somebody who has had someone be that deep into some sort of addictive behavior. And that's where they go and it's like basically the brain gets rewritten to just want – like it's not even them talking anymore. It's just the drug talking.
1: right?
0: And the drug will say anything to get more of it, right? Or the brain mm-hmm. will convince itself to do anything. And it's just – I mean the whole episode was just a roller coaster.
1: <laughs> yeah. I don't think I – like I think I wasn't breathing when I was watching that. Like it was so intense that I was just like, oh shit. Like it just didn't stop. Like right from the jump, it didn't stop yeah Um, and what what i thought they did perfectly and this is like the art of suspense i guess you can call it if you want to be like whatever annoying (laughs) But, (laughs) but but it really was like a masterclass on what suspense is because so one you have this character who we she's established right we know she's an addict now her drugs are gone not only are her drugs gone so she can't get high anymore and she had a plan to you know end her life that's why she did what she did she met up with can you hear those sirens?
0: Yeah, they're a, little, they're a little bit there, but they're not super okay. bad.
1: Jeez, LA, relax. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, sorry that just—it was like super loud in the headphones. <laughs> um, anyway, what I was saying. So we we know who Rue is, right? And she had a obvious plan to end her life. That's why she got mm-hmm. the drugs from Lori. I think her name was a drug dealer. Um, she gets she all these pills. Me. She terrifies me. Oh, dude, what the? F- <laughs> that character is. I hope. I hope she comes back season three. I hope they don't lose that plot line they can't because she owes too much money (laughs) exactly that's why i'm like something she's gonna come back she should come back um and my guess is that rue will be healthy or on the path to like true recovery and then that's gonna blow shit up um Mm -hmm. maybe literally um but (laughs) um but you know she gets the drugs from her thinking like my life's gonna be over it's not gonna matter there's not gonna be repercussions you know so she has this plan but then oh, the drugs are gone. So not only is she you know, going through a withdrawal, trying to get high, trying to end her life, but now she's like, oh shit, this lady is gonna kill us. <laughs> like she's gonna kill not just me, because I'm still alive, so like her family too. Yeah. Um, so all that suspense in that episode. And then she's like going from you know lashing out cause she's pissed to like fear. Cause like, wait, what did you do? You don't understand what you did. This is not just about me getting high, <laughs> like this is bad. And then to like despair, to realizing that she's being a terrible person but then the reverting, like falling right back in that tunnel. Dude, that episode is so good. <laughs> like, yeah, it's, oh my it's God.
0: incredible. And the way it end, like I couldn't even watch the ending of that. Cause it, cause like she, she basically is so desperate. She, she tries everybody. And then she falls back onto the one person that she knows is going to give her the thing that she wants, yeah. but in the worst possible way. <laughs> right. Because Lori didn't do that because she cared about Rue. Lori did that because she has a token over Rue.
1: Yes. Yeah. Not, that, you know I, what I mean? I missed that at first. I think I was so, like, wrapped into it. And maybe I was, like, emotionally exhausted by that point. <laughs> um, but I thought I thought she was actually being, like, genuine. And then I think Alex said something. I think Alex was, like, I forgot exactly what she said. But she said, she said something like, oh, is she going to, like, traffic her? And I was like, huh? It's like, no, she's helping her out. And then I was like, oh, wait a minute. (laughs) Oh, no. I think she
0: gave that hint very, very, (laughs) very directly. Yeah, no, I
1: just, I missed it.
0: (laughs) That scene too, just of like the injection thing where you see like the blood go into the syringe. I was like, ah, please stop this. I'm like, I can't, because you hear the the, like the vocals of like her talking and soothing at the same time. And it's like, don't worry, we're going to make this all better. I'm like, this is... So
1: fucked. (laughs) It's creepy. It's creepy. So
0: nuts. Plus, she just has that like ultimate monotone delivery. So like, she's just a robot. I mean, for for lack of a better.
1: She sounds like she'd be a very nice woman. Yes. Like just sonically, like her voice sounds like, oh, she cares about me. She's gonna help me. Yeah, but fuck.
0: But she (laughs) means the exact opposite. She's a freaking hyena. (laughs)
1: Right. (laughs) Right. But man, like. I mean, that that episode was insane. But even the part that really, I think, struck me the most, I think this is when I was, like, emotionally drained because I was like, that was heavy. But mm-hmm. how Rue was attacking Jules, that exchange. Yeah. And, like, you know, people are on the fence of, like, oh, what Rue was saying was true about Jules. And, like, maybe it was. But what got me was Jules' response the whole time because Rue was digging into her, like, saying some of the most hurtful shit you can oh, say to yeah. someone. And Rue just kept saying, like, I love you. I love you. I love you. And I was just like, fuck. Like, cause that's what Rue needed. Yeah. Right. So it's kind of like just ignore the hurt. Cause right. someone I care about needs this more than anything else. That was like heavy. Oh, <laughs> you yeah. know what I mean? Like heavy. Um, but I think that's what like made their makes their relationship so special, you know.
0: Yeah. I think I think that's spot on. And it's like, it's crazy too to like see the composure there, right? Because, again, this kind of goes back to that comment I made about, like, addiction and, and just as a broader thing, is it, it makes you say, the th- like, it makes you use the things you know about the people you care about against them. And because, like, you know what to say to people that's going to do the maximum damage possible, and the goal is just to push them away.
1: Right. Because
0: when you're addicted to something or, or feeling... I mean, I would assume Rue is probably depressed, even though she probably isn't diagnosed. Oh, she's, yeah, she's not. For not sure clear, Not clearly, it doesn't ever come up like directly. But when you're feeling like that negative, all you want to do is push everyone away because it just, you know, self-soothing or, or making it true of the very thing you feel about yourself, right?
1: Right, right.
0: And so it's just like, you're just trying to create the self-fulfilling prophecy by saying that. And Jules didn't take the bait at all. Mm-hmm. She just, you know, was there as best right. she could, which is right. just, I mean, it's heart-wrenching, right? Like, like you said, yeah. it's just <laughs> it crazy. Was. And that,
1: that's why Jules is my favorite character in the show, because um, I think she displayed the the <laughs> truest depiction, at least so far in the show, of someone who cares endlessly about the person who needs it the most, even if they don't want it, right? Ostensibly, if they don't want it. Um, she grew because, I think she
0: might have grown the most out of all the characters from season one to season two,
1: yeah, I agree. And like maybe people are like, oh, but Jules Jules was like cheating on rue, right with mm-hmm. Elliot. Um, but I'm like, true, but like she still has her flaws, <laughs> right. She grew the most. She still has flaws. like you don't you, you don't cheat on your person, right? right. but um, just in that moment when she like, okay, and like rue relapsed. I have to tell her mom. You know how hard that's going to be, right? But she's doing like all the mature, responsible things.
0: I mean, at least she said the right, right thing in that situation, right? Can you imagine how hard that was? Like, I was thinking to myself, I'm like, I'm like, could I, if if I was in high school again, and I knew some of my friends were like, one of you guys was doing hard drugs. I'm like, could I do that? Yeah. Uh, you know it, what I mean? Like, it's yeah. so such a hard thing to like even contemplate.
1: Right, I feel like we all want to be a we want to say or want to believe we would be able to, but it's different when right. it's actually happening. And I'm sure that, I mean, that that's happened, you know, to people probably all the time. And they maybe not even the necessarily addicts to drugs in that regard, but maybe like alcoholics, which is you know, still addiction. But right, um, yeah,
0: like I guess even if you back that off, and like say you had a friend who was drinking too much alcohol, right? W- would you have the balls to either confront them and say, hey? You might want to consider cutting back, or would you just let them continue on,
1: right? Right. It's, it's tough, but that's why I'm like, Jules is a good person, to be able to take that, do the right thing. Also, to be to just be in at the house with all that shit going on, like we going crazy, breaking down doors and shit, and you're just in the living room. I personally would have been like, yo, I'll come back. In like 30
0: minutes. (laughs) Also, Rue being able to break down a door, she's like a whole 110 pounds soaking wet.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that part, I was like, damn, she's on a rage. Like, this isn't just a withdrawal. This is like, (laughs) you know what I mean? Um, Yeah, dude. But it it was scary. I think they really nailed what it seems like to, you know, be around or have someone going through, you know, that strong of an addict and going through that heavy of a withdrawal. I think they nailed it because it it probably gets scary. I can I never experienced that, but like I can imagine it gets scary. So like, seeing your sister or your daughter break down the door that you locked yourself in a room, that's it's fucking terrifying. Oh, <laughs> you yeah. know what I mean? Like that's that's crazy. Um, but that to me that is like uh, I I always I always knew Zendaya was a great actress, but now I'm like oh, oh okay. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <You're> like, <laughs> like, now now it hit you and you're like uh huh
1: yeah. <laughs> that that was some of the best acting I think I've seen in TV, ever. Like, yeah. It, I mean, the show is something. It's really something special, and I I hope people let go of the, the, the the heavy handed critiques of it. Um, yeah, because everything should be critiqued, but we shouldn't disregard it just because it makes us uncomfortable.
0: Yeah, I mean, I honestly it's like we we talked about this off. Off air, but it's, it's, I feel like a lot of critiques come from people who hear things through the grapevine and then make a comment about it based on what they hear from other people. And, or, or they in too quickly judge it because of their own, you know, opinion on a certain topic. Right. You know, right. And I mean, I guess that's human to some degree, but also, it is. It is. You, you know, like I think part of the reason film and I mean even music is compelling is that you're going to be exposed to opinions or ideas that you hadn't really thought of that way before and I think that's like the core of it and I, we, we talked about this based on season two I, I kind of equated it I, I knew we were going to do this I didn't text you because I didn't want to pitch but it, it reminds me of Breaking Bad <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh man okay go How how so <laughs>
0: And like the the reason being is like that the intro to to I think episode was or season two episode one where they show the backstory of Fez and Mm -hmm. his upbringing. I was like, damn, this really feels like Breaking Bad, like toward later half of Breaking Bad, with like running the shop. But Mm -hmm. in the in this sense, you get the Fez's life of like him being exposed to drugs and crime, and it's being pulled into that world not because you wanted to, but that's just the only world you know. And like baking, but like that really gritty style of it, like that whole episode starting where you have um, his grandma walk into this, it looks, I think it's like a strip club or something like that, but she just basically goes in guns blazing. And I'm like, what is going on? I'm like, (laughs) I'm like, what show am I watching here? Like, this is, I'm like, is this the Sopranos?
1: Right. It did feel different for sure. It It felt
0: so different, but it felt like that same level of like, you know, bad people don't, aren't don't people don't start out bad it's through their life circumstances that they make decisions that they feel trapped in the life that they have which uh, outside looking in if no if you have a different world view it looks like a bad life right and, and i mean it's really similar i'm not sure if you've heard of it but there is a um net geo uh show called trafficked and it talks it like explores the black markets of everything so okay. between guns heroin you know, endangered species like tigers, anything Mm -hmm. and everything in between. But what they do is they end up interviewing people at the low level, you know, like the dealers on the street kind of people.
1: Mm -hmm. And they ask
0: them, like, do you realize what you're doing is hurting people? And it's like, well, yeah, but I got to put food on the table. You know, I got to pay for people, you know, and it's like, can you really like, and they don't feel like they have options. And that's what I kind of felt like someone like Fez was. And that's what, why I equated this to breaking bad, because breaking bad is a story of, of a father who feels like he's run out of options. Right. And yeah. it's like, how does someone with who has no options slowly become a drug kingpin?
1: Right. And <laughs> no, I think that's a good comparison. I didn't see that, but I'm also trying to like not see Breaking Bad and everything, <laughs> but, <laughs> but I know it does make sense. Especially I, what I think, just to touch on it, what I think Breaking Bad did well is just really show how someone can go from a nice Good person going through life doing what they're supposed to do by society standards, and then hitting and like hitting a wall of desperation where they need to make a change and fast, right? And that, yep. so, I think it articulate and then how that can manifest over time if you aren't aware enough to pull yourself out. Um, so I think that's what Breaking Bad shows well. Um, and now what we have here with Fez is kind of the same thing it's exposure, it's all he knew. He is desperate he's not someone who's gonna fucking he's not a school kid <laughs> you know what i mean like he's yeah. <laughs> not gonna do well in the school system because he wasn't brought up like that so it's showing that like in at least in fez's sense not so much Walt's sense but in fez's sense it's like this is a good person who's just exposed to the to bad things yeah. right but i not think to the mention
0: he- the wild card of hit the head trauma
1: that too that too so like now his development messed up. I forgot about that. But yeah, so I mean, that that is a good, I think that's a good comparison. It's just, they do, again, this goes back to like the compassion thing, right? And it's funny that probably one of the most liked characters is the drug dealer who gives Rue her drugs and is part of, he's facilitating her drug use and he's part of the reason she's is how right, she is. you're right. I <laughs> you can't know? help but like him, though. <laughs> right, but like he's a likable guy, and you can. But it's it just goes to show nobody in the show is perfect. So like, yeah, can't really like anyone. Like I've had conversations with people, and they're like, oh, I hate Rue, and I'm like, well, I don't, I don't think you're supposed to like her, though. <laughs> like I don't, I don't think she's like, she's not really a likable person. But like, I feel like nobody in the show is a role model. Like there's she, like exactly nobody
0: bright spots for characters' decisions. Like oh, that was really adult, but then it's like they. There are a lot there's a lot more stumbles than there
1: are, yeah, yeah. I mean, but that I think that's the point that so then you start clinging to someone. But then if you look close enough, you're like, oh, they're kind of shitty too. <laughs> you know what I mean, And that's mm-hmm. the point. So it's just showing teaching how to be compassionate. Everyone has demons, traumas. I think Cal's storyline is the hardest one to grasp because of what he did in season one. But then it's release, and I forget which episode. Maybe episode four. I forget which one. I think but it was seeing, like episode
0: four. Yeah, where you see, see his
1: backstory, mm-hmm. and then seeing oh, his yeah. release when he, you know, explodes on his family, it's like, oh, this dude has just been repressing, All you know, it. his experiences his entire life. So like, you can you can be empathetic in that sense. You don't have to forgive the actions, but you can be empathetic and say, okay, I get where you're coming from. You're probably not really a bad person really inherently like a malicious bad person but you you're just fucked up and you need help yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know what i mean right So,
0: like yeah I, to me it's like you can understand the theme of it here right like if you just look at it for not the specifics but just like here's a guy who sacrificed what he really wanted from life because he did what he was supposed to do or rather made a mistake, and got someone pregnant when he probably shouldn't have. <laughs> and then he doubled down on that mistake instead of, you know, saying the truth.
1: Right. And I mean, it's a commentary on toxic masculinity because it's like he's this macho dude, right?
0: He's probably the mo- one of the most masculine characters in the entire show, but outside yeah. of his son.
1: <laughs> right, and, the, and his son has the same issue, right? Um, but it's like this toxic masculinity that's so afraid of, like, sexuality and you know being caring yeah caring or you know being gay even and it's like repressing all that and it's like is it worth it just to have this like this hard exterior like no like it's not it it's not worth it period right i mean I guess the broader question is, does, like, being soft
0: mean you're, like, gay? <laughs> like, you know what I mean?
1: Exactly. In their case, <laughs> like, they what? were. In their case, they were. <laughs> like, they were gay, you know? But, um, right. But yeah, I think the broader – if you look at a broader scale, if you just pull back a little bit, it is saying, like, you don't have to hold things in about who you are just because you're a man, right? Yeah. Because – now they're blowing this up because it's what the show, it's what art is supposed to do, right? We already covered that, but it's blowing it up and saying like this can be your reality. Or it might be someone's reality that you know because they're they can't be open with who they are to the people yeah. they love the most. And if you can't do that, then what do you do? Like if you can't be open to the people you care about the most and who care about you the most, and you're hiding your true self to those people, what's the point of life? what life are you
0: living, dude? Right. You know, yeah, I mean, it's crazy. That is so crazy, but it's what's even more crazy is there are people that do that in real life all the time, more than we know. (laughs) You you know, the most normal person you could be seeing is likely doing that in some form in their life,
1: right? And in some ways, it's like a defense, you can't be open with everyone, right? And you shouldn't be. Oh, but there's people in all of our lives who I think have earned that right. And those people we should trust enough to be the truest form of ourselves, or maybe not the truest, but, well, maybe it's a synonym, but like the most vulnerable form of ourselves Mm -hmm. to those people. Because you need to release, right? You need to release your inner demons and trauma. You can't keep it all in forever and act as if, you know, you're made of armor that can't be chipped, right? Because no one, no one is like that.
0: Yeah. I mean, we're not, (laughs) none of us is impervious, right? Like no matter how much you, it's like almost the more you pretend like nothing bothers you, the more things bother you. And it just, it does just a matter of time where it explodes. And I mean, Cal's character is kind of that, like throughout these two seasons, his character kind of just, I mean, realistically just gets more and more unstable until at the very end of, of that, where he's like peeing on the ground. And like, it's just wild, honestly. And mm-hmm. then, I mean, his son kind of takes it into his own hands with the ending there, which yeah. I thought was kind of crazy, too. Just like his he he takes care of the issue, you know, kind of calls the police on him yeah. and also does like the right thing at the very end because there's a tape of Jules. And I'm like, what? I'm like, mm-hmm. why is he do like this is so
1: weird. <laughs> yeah, he Nate's it. He's weird. It's so <laughs> um, wild. I don't like He had a gun. I don't know why he had the gun. Like, why do you have it if you're just going to call the cops? I don't know. (laughs) Like, so
0: much excessive force. It's like
1: (laughs) Right? It's like, I don't get you, bro. Um,
0: So over the top, all the
1: time. He's probably more damaged than Cal is, honestly. Because even Cal is like, I don't know who you are. And Cal is dealing with the same thing he is. So that's, I mean, that's telling, right? Um, But what's funny, and I might be wrong here, but what's funny is I think when Cal finally is like, I'm going to open up to my family, is when he goes to Fez, and he's like, there's a tape. And I think he admits to being gay or something. And Fez is mm-hmm. like, I don't give a fuck. <laughs> Fez is like, I don't fucking care, dude. <laughs> he's like, just get out of here. <laughs> you know what I mean?
0: Yeah, because he uh, thought, well, he thought Fez new, I think. And he's yeah. like, bro, like, what do you, like,
1: you could do whatever you want. <laughs> right. Fez is like, <laughs> just, has like nothing. reaction." <laughs> he's like, that has nothing to do with me, dude. And then I think I was like, oh, I guess people don't really care. <laughs> like, I don't know. It's just, it's, there's so many layers to that show. And it's one I'm going to rewatch from start of season one to you know to current, but it's it's really good. I think it's really important. It's wild.
0: It's a wild show because I think it really pushes on a lot of like modern ideas, and it doesn't just push buttons because it can. I mean, to some degree, it does, but it also does it in a tactful way that makes sense to each of the characters. At this point, is probably an elementary school thing. Everyone repeats it, but it does a good job of showing, not telling. Like, yeah, it does. There's very little like expository nature of the show like, outside of Rue's narration stuff, but it's more of like Rue's unique way of explaining things, like the slideshow
1: mm-hmm.
0: episode parts that are hilarious. <laughs> I love
1: those. <laughs> I love those.
0: But those are more just like unique, you know, creative things the filmmakers decided to do that fit the character kind of thing. Yeah. Like, character quirks not just expository to explain things to the audience
1: right and they're not in the voiceovers because i usually am not a fan of voiceovers but it's mm-hmm. not just telling you what you're seeing right it's yeah. adding something to the scene and i'm like okay that if you can do it like that that's cool i'm all for it to me uh, it's almost
0: like like a novel where it's like reading a narration like a but first person of, yeah but instead of like just reading it on the page you have like a like images going by that fit with what's being explained like this is how Rue's character imagines these scenes. Right.
1: Yeah. Her perception of them. Yeah. Um, And a lot of times it's funny because it can be like ironic what she's saying to like what you're seeing and what she's saying. Like that doesn't exactly align, but like I get it. (laughs) You know what I mean? So like they do it well. They do it really well. Mm -hmm. I didn't get the feeling that they're providing shock value for the sake of it. Like to me, it felt like it all had a purpose. Granted it was, it's graphic and I am still still a proponent. I'm still (laughs) a proponent of like, you don't need, to show sex and like nudity to get the point across. Mm -hmm. That's just my personal take on things. Like, I feel like Game of Thrones, I thought the same thing. I was like, okay, like we get it, you can, you can allude to it and we'll get the picture, but then at the same time it's like, but then would that make it, it would become something other than what it is. Yeah, You know what I'm saying? Like it works because it's like, I can never, uh, I won't say I couldn't write for Euphoria but I couldn't have been the one to create euphoria. That makes yeah, sense. I, can, like, I can be brought into the world and create within this something established with world it. that's there, but I wouldn't, it's like way too <laughs> like graphic of yeah. a show and for me to like, really have come up with that on my own. Does that make sense? I mean,
0: even though it's still, it's dark, like, right. Like it's, it, it's dealing with real themes that I think I would be worried. Like if I were someone who was writing on the show or something, I would be worried about being, like a dark person like i have to really like, decompress after a oh, you know what i mean like like i just need to be like all right i i got this done but i'm gonna need to go and just like chill out and like go find bunnies in a forest or
1: something <laughs> <laughs> for sure no it's it's definitely i mean imagine acting in it dude like
0: i know like yeah it i cannot believe that some of the characters were able to do what they did and pull it off
1: yeah. I mean, you know. I wonder if any of them, Method acts. I would, you know, you might need that. I mean, Cassie's character like
0: was like a hot mess for like most of season two.
1: Yeah. <laughs> She's an amazing actress, too. I think her career is going to oh, really yeah. blow up. Um, I mean, it,
0: it's cr- incredible to see. Like, I mean, most of these characters were pretty unknown. Like, yeah. I from, thought from, of, from an, of Zanzai, I think. Sh- I don't really know any of those other actors in the show, yeah. but
1: I think. I can't think of anyone that I would say didn't do well. Right. I think Cal was in Grey's Anatomy. Honestly, I think that's it. That's like maybe like, but even that, like I don't know what else he's in. And I don't watch right. Grey's Anatomy, so I couldn't tell I, yeah, I, I mean I couldn't tell you who he played. I think he played one of like the hot guys in Grey's naturally. Anatomy. Yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> um but other than Zadea, yeah, I mean she's definitely like the draw, like from yeah. a From a um, celebrity, yeah, star power perspective, which also I think helps aids into how good the show is because you're not lost in like someone's celebrity.
0: Well, yeah, Yeah. so it's not just one character that's pushing the show forward, kind of thing. Yeah, it's really. I think it's it's really good. I I think if you like dramas that don't pull punches, I think it's worth people's time. And I understand it's not going to be for everyone. And I think, I mean that's art too right it's subjective (laughs) right
1: and that's an important distinction i think we should make right that you can look at something watch something hear something whatever right and -hmm. you can say i don't like that that's perfectly normal and (laughs) probably going to happen a lot you're probably you're not going to like everything nobody likes everything but that doesn't mean it's bad Mm -hmm. like or not well done. I feel like that's an important distinction people need to start making, especially in these mm-hmm. shows that are pushing the boundaries and trying to say something or else we're going to get fed all this BS that isn't saying anything. Mm-hmm. You know? Um, yeah.
0: Objectively, you could like something, like this goes back to music, right? Like you can like songs that are not technically mind-blowing, but you can still say they're your favorite song. Right. But it doesn't mean it's like there could be multiple reasons you enjoy something. Right. Like, you don't have to enjoy something just because everyone else says they enjoy it. Like, exactly. I, I was thinking about this about video games. Like, there's certain video games that are kind of like whatever at this point, like open world video games or dime a dozen nowadays. Mm-hmm. And I was like, well, like, you don't have to just judge a game by that singular merit. Like, how many different shooter games are there? And we all know, like, everyone's going to say, like, well, Call of Duty sucks or whatever. It's like, okay, fine, whatever. But you could like Call of Duty for other reasons right. than it being a shooter, or you could like, open world games you know for other reasons right like there's not just one aspect that makes something good or bad
1: exactly it's just it's way too nuanced and there's too much personal choice that goes yeah. into something to to it's really hard to ever say something objectively is bad right what like except what makes something bad except country <laughs> that's the whole di- that's a whole different discussion i'll really start started <laughs> Um, I had to go there. Yeah. It's that country. <laughs> but no, like it, it, it's I, I try to correct people on that all the time. I'm like, no, it's not bad. Mm-hmm. You just don't like it. And that's fine. You don't have to like it. I, I understand why you don't like it. It's fucking hard to watch. I didn't like it at first. <laughs> you yeah. know what I mean? Like it that's normal. But to say something's bad, I'm like, you're discrediting all this work and effort that all these creatives and people are putting in to really push a narrative and like teach something about the world. I'm like, you mm-hmm. it, it has you have to respect. That they tried, right? Yeah. It's not absolutely. like let me just put a run of the mill show and we're not going to really do anything. It's just another r- whatever. Like just you right. know, it doesn't really ask any questions. It's just like like reality TV. I'll just say that widespread, not focusing on anyone, but just mm-hmm. widespread reality TV. I'm like, what is? Is it? It's not. That's bad. That shit is toxic. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> like cancel
0: it. <laughs> Get rid of it. Right.
1: But you know, it it is what it is.
0: I think you're right about that. Like. If you think about it, to me, what's inc- incredible is that it, a show like this got made in a world today where everyone's so worried about censorship and you know everything is too soft and whatnot like that. Like, here's a show that literally takes everything that most people want to cancel something for and says, "All right, let's go." Right. <laughs> and a producer had to okay that. Like, someone high up in HBO say said, "Yeah, we'll be fine. Like, it'll it'll be okay. We won't get misunderstood." right and yo thank god for them this is what we need i I seriously think this is like the only way we get through hard complicated messy things is being able to talk about the hard messy complicated things and trying to come to a better understanding about those kinds of people i mean how many different categories can you talk about you know (laughs) in this one show alone like you go from you know, what does it mean to be a man? What is it like? What is the d- distinction between gay or not? You know, like mm-hmm. drug addiction. Like how many categories can we talk about in one show? Right. We'd be here for another four hours. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs>
1: Literally. And then people write it off as it's not good. Come on, man. I they're know. really they're really they're really pushing something. This is I think it's, it's a, an it's important show, about show. High
0: schoolers. I right. feel like it has less to do about high school than most other things. <laughs> yeah. <I> just <laughs> it just so get- happens that high school is the setting.
1: Yeah, I feel like if you view it like that it's like you're just not getting it. Like you're just not and you're not I feel like you're, it's not that you don't get it cuz you're incapable, it's you're choosing not to. You're just very mis- important. You're just getting
0: thing. lost in the, that's one of the things I've realized lately is like people will immediately like see this the surface level setting thing of like okay, it's the the high schoolers and this is how high schoolers live their lives or like experience things. And to me it It's less of that as a literal sense and more of like, okay, this is the vehicle from which you can understand why these characters make the decisions that they're making. But also it's like, why can they make all these mistakes and still grow and not like have horrible repercussions, right? Because if all these kids were like out of college or something, how many of these kids would go to jail? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? (laughs) Yeah. So it, it it makes it just a more interesting backdrop to basically tell this story that makes it ex- more accessible with I guess suspense or disbelief
1: right Right. I think that's exactly right and we should welcome these things we should welcome artists who have something to say hell yeah thank you for listening to today's episode of the
0: podcast and as always I'd love to hear from you and I really just want to make this podcast the best podcast you listen to Meaning, if there's anything that you really enjoyed or any feedback for us, I would love for you to reach out on the social medias. You can find Feeding Curiosity across LinkedIn, Facebook, and Instagram in the usual places just by searching Feeding Curiosity. You can also send us an email or a message through the website. You can also support the work that we're doing here, including the podcast and all other content that we produce at Feeding Curiosity by either going to anchor.fm slash feedingcuriosity slash support or you can head over to the website and hit the support button and support us directly there as well. By supporting the podcast, you effectively keep us from having to deal with sponsorship and keeping the relationship that me and you, the listener, have as honest and open as possible. As for me, I take the idea of selling products and or sponsoring products very, very serious. Honestly, I just want to provide access to information to as many people as possible with as little of a barrier of entry as possible. At the very least, if you want to do anything to support the podcast, leave a review on the platform of choosing to subscribe, like, rate it, all that. It helps out a ton. Again, thank you all for listening. And I hope you join in on the next episode.